This is Anthony Richardson, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here, of course, with the Trash Man as we are beginning to take in some news and notes from around the NFL as the second phase of OTAs has started basically today for most of these teams. The only ones that aren't practicing yet, it looks like, are the Cardinals, the Falcons, um, the Panthers won't be getting in practice. All these guys will be starting tomorrow as we record this. Um, no, so we're good. No, the Falcons are going. The Cardinals are going. For some reason, Trashman, I thought it was the 30th. But today is indeed the, 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 the 31st. So we have, I guess, only the Bengals. They're, they're, they'll, they'll not be back again until, what, June 5th through the 6th. Um. Other than that, we have basically trash me and everybody going right now. And there's just a lot of news, a lot of notes. You and I each kind of took some stuff down that we're going to talk about today. Just a quick reminder before we get started, if you guys uh, haven't already, look into a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. We have a bunch of our stuff coming online, uh, beginning to test the redraft cheat sheets that we're going to have up soon in addition to the Dynasty rookie cheat sheets and the best ball uh, cheat sheets in addition to the Dynasty top 250 Um everything like that and um if you can please like the video and youtube subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast rate and review all right trash man first thing i want to talk about is Brees hall because i it feels like we've been getting sort of mixed messages from from you know different people so far about him there was the report earlier this week before they got in today where robert sala addressed the media that he was um, no sure thing to be ready for week one, right? But then Sala came in today and he said he's very confident he's going to be ready for week one and that he's clocking right now 22 miles per hour on the catapult. Um, or I, I, don't, I don't know if it's catapult that they use there. Whatever their GPS system's there inside the practice facility, he's, cl- he's clocking 22 miles per hour. And I just I got to looking at it, 22 miles per hour if you look at last year, I mean, the, the fastest ball carriers via next-gen stats last season. So first place uh, in a game was Paris Campbell at 22.11 um, um, miles per hour in week 18 on a 26-yard rush. Kenneth Walker clocked a 22.09 with a 74-yard rush. After that, Brees Hall was the third fastest as far as on-field ball carriers at 21.87 on that uh, 62-yard rushing touchdown that that he had that uh, a, a lot of folks probably remember in week seven. Other than that, I mean, a bunch of guys hovering right at, you know, 27 – I'm sorry, 20, 21.7, Deshaun Jackson, Christian Watson, Jalen Waddell, Dalvin Cook. All these guys got hit, you know, 21.5-plus. Devin Duvernay, uh, Tariq Woolen for Seattle. Uh, Rashad Bateman right there at 21 and a half on that big 75 yard uh, touchdown he had in, in, in week two. So 
Brees Hall, they're saying, back up to where he was previously as far as you know his overall straight line speed, if we can believe Robert Sala. He says he thinks he's going to be ready to go. Um, but then you listen to guys like Pro Football Doc, and we talked about how he was on the side, I guess that was last week or maybe the week before during the first phase of OTAs. And running sprints where he looked he looked pretty fast, right? He was exactly seven months off the ACL at the point in time that that video was taken back on May 23rd. And Dr. David Chow quote tweeted that video and put it up on uh, sport, on Sports Injury Central, SixScore.com, a great partner uh, of ours over at Roster Watch. And what Dr. David Chow says is he's making progress, but has a long ways to go. He says. Based on the video, he says he favors the left knee considerably. Straight line running and acceleration can come before cutting and deceleration, which is not there yet. Not optimistic he'll be 100% for week one. He has a 37 out of 106 score right now over with the pro football docs. So with all that stuff, (laughs) all that information, I mean, what do we make of this? He's going as the RB11 right now on underdog is Brees Hall. If you just look at the fantasy points per game last year and half point PPR, which underdog that is the format that that is, he was RB seven. Um, do you feel like that that discount is is right? Well, which way are you leaning here with the vibes? Because you know, like we talked about with Javante Williams, that injury was supposed to be worse, and he was at least working out limited, meaning that he was doing at least some cutting and stuff in practice with the team even if it was only in half speed drills. They still don't have Brees Hall doing that stuff, but then again, they're confident that he's going to go week one. I mean, to me, it means that you're handcuffing Michael Carter. You can, I'm fine keeping Brees Hall where he is. Handcuffing Michael Carter for one reason, um, well, for two reasons. One being that if Hall can't go, I like Carter and Aaron Rodgers' connection. Um, I think he's a good pass catching back. And the thing is, if Brees Hall does go, I still think Carter gets run as a third down pass catching back in that offense. So at worst, he's a, you know, he's an, uh, you know, he's a flex on a, on a, on a bad bye week. Is, is, is he a Banacanda of any interest at all with, with this, with this, or is it just Michael Carter for you? I mean, it feels like right if now, he can go again. Right like now can... it's hard to say that. Abanaconda is of interest. We we just really haven't seen much from him yet. We already know kind of what we have in Michael Carter. But do you take Brees Hall above Ramondre Stevenson? Ramondre is going ahead of him right now. I think you have to take him ahead of Ramondre just based on the explosive, you know, the explosiveness that we've seen. The fact that that offense should be better. Yeah, I mean, and you I mean you. I have systemic I'm, I'm worries. Sure by now, everyone knows how we feel about Ramon J. Stevenson. Yeah, I well, and I just I, like I said, I have, I have I have systemic worries about the about that offense. We have Brees Hall right now as running back ten, and with all these all the, like I did, I got the best ball cheat sheet up to version three point one this week. I did twenty tests on three point one. I didn't get a ton of Brees Hall, and we have him as RB ten. So maybe. Maybe that's starting to pick up, or maybe it has something to do with the structure of the sheet. But I, I'd like to get a little bit more exposure to Brees Hall if possible. So I'm, I'm going to go through and test that some more. Be on the lookout for that in version 3.2 of it. Just a couple more, and then I'll hand it off to to you. Uh, just a couple more from the Jets, just because we did have the, you know, they're practicing right now as we record this. 
there we did have Robert Sala earlier. So Aaron Rodgers is going to be fine, they say, for mandatory minicamp. So no worries about that. He was on the bike just now. Um, they, he has a sleeve on his calf, and he was walking around. He was on the bike, but they're saying that he's going to be ready to go when they have the mandatory stuff. I believe that starts June 13th for the, for the Jets. Uh, they're just being super careful with him. The other thing, so – Dude, Garrett Wilson looks awesome out there just versus air. I mean, it's probably it's probably not probably not um too too big a surprise that Garrett Wilson looks really good, but Robert Sala was just talking about how really really good he's looked. So, something to keep in mind there. The other thing, he was asked about Denzel Mims, and he said that Denzel Mims is competing his butt off and has a chance to make the football team. Um <laughs> <laughs> is, is there is there any chance for Denzel Mims whenever you look at this and you figure, you know, the depth charts, depth charts getting a little, getting a little bit a little bit crowded now, um, bringing in all these guys, bringing in the Aaron Rodgers guys especially, right? I mean, I can't really take Mims seriously right now. I mean, I love Mims, I love them coming into the league, but. For me right now, Corey Davis is probably the guy I'm taking a stab at, you know. I don't think – I mean, is Corey Davis going to even make – like as, as a dark horse for the Jets? I think so. I think the dark think horse so. for the Jets – I think the dark horse for the Jets, if we're looking at best ball, is Miko Hardman. I still like You can Corey get him Davis. at the same ADP. You get, you get these guys at the end of these drafts, dude. Get these I think Corey 14, Davis 30. is better than Nicole Hardman. R- really? Yeah. I just I don't think there's going to be I think that McCole Hardman probably out of the slot you'll get Garrett Wilson you'll get Alan Lazard outside you get Hardman I think out Hardman you'll get inconsistency like you have with the Chiefs I feel like I feel like, like Davis is, I mean you're not going to get good like so Corey Davis has been the model of consistency when he's healthy when he's on the when he's on the field he produces which I can't say the same for Hardman well it's Hardman. Hardman could he he was he was more gadgety, but you can't say you can't say that when Corey Davis is on the field, he he doesn't always produce when he's on the field. He doesn't always produce. Like, come on, man, we're 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 talking about Corey Davis always producing. I mean, what what are we saying here? It's like Corey Corey Davis was he even the top fifty wide receiver last season in fantasy points per game. Corey Davis, no. He, in, 20, in, 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 in 2022, he was not a top 50 wide receiver, and that's in fantasy points per game, so you can't blame injury you know, injury for it. 2021, and I'm not familiar right off the top of my head with his complete injury history or which games he might have missed in any of these games. Wide receiver 39 in 2021. He was behind guys like Russell Gage, behind guys like Darnell Mooney and Henry Ruggs. Just above the Dante Pettis's. I mean, it's twenty twenty year when he actually had more than played in more than thirteen games. He had almost a thousand yards, five touchdowns. Okay, so in twenty twenty, Corey Davis, who was then a Tennessee Titan, averaged eleven point five half point PPR points per game. He was basically a Curtis Samuel, a Kenny Galladay, a Jamison Crowder, a, a Robbie Anderson. He was a wide receiver three, a mid-range wide receiver three. I, I mean, I, to, to, to me, I, I just – look, nobody's drafting Denzel Mims. I was, I was just asking – I mean, do you think he's going to get a fresh start somewhere else? It's hard to say. I, I, I don't know why he hasn't <laughs> – why hasn't popped in 
on the Jets. If you're not going to pop on the Jets, where are you going to pop? Somewhere else with a better quarterback, right? I mean, he's got a good quarterback now, but it's been shit for the. It's been. I mean, it's been terrible. Look at, for his, look at. I mean, Davis has still done better than Hardman. If you look at Hardman's totals over the past few years, and Hardman's played more games. Yes, but I'm talking about Denzel Mims. <laughs> well, I mean, Mims. Like I said, if he's not going to pop on the Jets, I don't know where he's going to pop. That doesn't make sense. That's what. Why that's, does that's that not make arguing. sense? Huh? What you, because what? Because you're saying if he's not gonna, it's like saying if if he's if he's not gonna pop on the Chiefs, he's not gonna pop. That would make sense, right? That's a good team. That's a good quarterback. That's a good. If he's not gonna pop on the Jets, it's saying like, well, of course he's not. Gonna Did pop Garrett on the Jets. Wilson pop on the Jets? Jets? Yes. Did Elijah Moore pop on the Jets? Yes. Okay, so it's not unfounded that a guy who has talent is gonna pop on a bad team. But you just said – you just talked about the Jets as if, if they can't do it there, they can't do it anywhere. Well, I'm just saying like if – if It's a complete a, non sequitur. It doesn't make sense. Where there isn't – where there aren't a, a ton of, uh, of pro caliber – all pro caliber receivers, if you can't make the roster on that team, where are you going to make the roster? Where are you going to make a starting roster? Ding, ding, ding. The argument goes to Alex. Let's, no, move on to the next one. let's move on to the let's move on to no, the next one. No, it doesn't. One. I don't. If you can't make saying. a starting roster I, on a on a are you wearing a tr- are, you, are, you, are, you, are you literally wearing a trash man hat you, that says off yes. to the grouch? See, if you can't make the starting you're, lineup you're, on a your head is group, with trash are you can make the starting takes. lineup on a good one. Trashy, trashy takes. Um, we have. Do you have anything, or do do you want to go back and forth, or do you want me? I have something on your boy Dalton Kincaid. Yeah, Josh, the, I got that too. Pump Josh the brakes Allen on him for a minute. Pump the brakes? What do you mean? Josh Allen targeted him six times in practice yesterday. Bill's offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey, said of Dalton Kincaid, we're nowhere close to knowing what the big picture is going to be because we have to learn him and he has to learn us. His well, role is to be determined. You're not going to just hand it to him. But Josh Allen yesterday targeted him six times in, in, six times during the OTA team team period, and two of those came in the end zone. Reportedly, he is didn't catch everybody. Is everybody zone. at OTAs? They actually, they actually do have. They actually do have most every. I mean, they had Gabe Davis, they had Stephon Diggs, they had all their guys. Khalil Shakir's out there. They yeah, they they have everybody. They're 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 making a distinct a distinct. Well, I'm seeing. Um, I think they're seeing what they have in the in the guy. But yeah, he's a first round pick. But from the offensive court, that it's not a ringing endorsement for you know making this guy your f- first tight end off the board. You know, your first tight end in fantasy. Well, the first, well, the first tight end that you pick on your fantasy team. If you, if I think if you're going for Dalton Kincaid as your first tight end, I think that's a mistake. A dynasty, but in dynasty, you you want Dalton Kincaid, and I've switched up the dynasty rookie cheat sheets now because we were, you know, Michael Mayer was our number one tight end in the class, the you know pre NFL draft, and I I, w- I was a little bit stubborn sticking to that at first, especially with the superflex tight end premium stuff. I still wanted Michael Mayer, I still kind of do, but this stuff with the whole Jimmy G, what if the, you know, what if Jimmy G doesn't pass his physical, and who knows what we'll be left with 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 the Raiders. If, if if he's if he's unavailable to go right at least for year one, and just this stuff with Kincaid, this stuff with Sam Laporta, right with with the Lions looking so much better, I had to move Michael Mayer down to tight end three as far as dynasty and dynasty rookie drafts. I have them all right next to each other. 
um, it, it, at the same at, in the same exact tier. I'd be happy getting any of the three, but do you agree at least with that slotting? Kincaid, Laporta, Michael Mayer. I like Laporta number one right now. I think. Oh, that's that's perfectly fine. I ADPs aren't going to dictate. ADPs wouldn't allow me to do it. It would it would break the sheet. I think we can still get a lot of Laporta and not get completely blanked on Kincaid or or Mayer, but. I can understand the sentiment for wanting Laporta the most. You know, he's super athletic. He's a yards over catch guy. He he fits what Detroit wants. And they're saying that he's already slated to be the tight end one. Like, you know, you're getting those kind of ring endorsements. Dude, ringing endorsements, speaking of it, uh, I just saw this today on um, on Anthony Richardson. Yeah. So is that something that you've said just about how about how dudes are talking about him? Guys on the team are already buying in. Well, that he's splitting first team reps with Gardner Minshew. Yeah. So uh, J- Jonathan Taylor on Anthony Richardson. It's it it's it's going to get real scary. Um, Quentin Nelson says that's that's a guy you want to draft. Um, Grover Stewart says that's the guy that I wanted to get. Gardner Minshew says, "Wow, this dude's really got a chance." Mo Ali Cox says the sky's the limit for him. Uh, Samson Ekubom says, I feel bad for other teams. <laughs> Ashton Doolin talks about what a, what a great addition he is. I'm not sure how long Ashton Doolin's going to remain on that roster trash, man, but it sure seems like Anthony Richardson's doing a lot to impress these guys. He's done a lot to impress us, not only just via his athleticism and breaking the combine, but also just kind of getting to be around him, addressing there at the combine from what Byron was able to gather from him, addressing him at – the Florida Pro Day. Um, he's a, he's a he's a real he's a for as mean uh, you know as mean a mean a machine he looks like he's actually a real likable dude and it, and it, and it feels like that the Colts there in, in the building are becoming real drawn to him. That's an important thing for a rookie quarterback to, to come in and do, especially one like him who's a little bit like 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 I said he's a bad dude, but he's kind of he's a tiny bit soft spoken. You know what I mean? Um, Really nice guy. It, I was I was wondering if he was going to have the guys drawn to him like some of these other rah rah guys that you know just come in and try to try to build it like that. Hey, when you play like he does, that draws players. Yeah, man. So, yeah, <laughs> greatness draws <laughs> adoration. What do you think about um? What about this stuff about Deshaun Watson lobbying to get DeAndre Hopkins? Well, it's, I mean, it just seems like a lot of teams are are tepid on Hopkins right now. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Because they have to take on his contract for 2023. And, and but see the Cardinals would be offered they had to, the Cardinals had to eat like 22 million this year, but at least they're off the hook for 2024. Um I they they talk about I they talk the the Cleveland Beat talks about it like it's something that they could make work. You can make anything work. You convert somebody's salary with signing bonus. You pay him out the rest of the like. I was just I, like I just saw that James Conner. They just gave James Conner in in Arizona. They just gave him a random raise up to like six point eight million. But like they gave him like a million dollar raise this, this year. Just like they converted some kind of salary to you know they gave it to him as some kind of signing bonus or workout bonus or all the rest of that stuff. Kind of interesting just on just on Conner's. End alone. Uh, he's not a guy that I had pegged as somebody who they would want to be giving a raise to, but um, they they can make anything work. What would it on the chance that it could 
be serious there. I know that one of the things I just saw was that so Amari Cooper's finally back today. He's he, Amari Cooper's finally back off that core muscle surgery that he had in the off season. Uh, he's he, he's there in Cleveland in Berea for the for the second phase of OTAs. What would that do to an to an Amari Cooper if, if DeAndre Hopkins were to come back there and rekindle that relationship with Deshaun Watson? Those do those two made beautiful music together down in Houston. I don't. I mean, I think it. I think it's fine for Cooper. I think Cooper tends to work better when the pressure isn't all on him. Yeah, but he was. I mean, Cooper. I just mean finally, right when I get on board with Cooper and just think it could be something. It could be something good. It's like something like this with DeAndre Hopkins could happen. After I've gotten a good bit of exposure to that Watson Cooper stack and best ball this year. I kind of hope for Cooper's sake that it doesn't happen. It's just like our friend Matt Kelly, man, the Podfather says. It's just the, it's the, it's the, what is it? The law of the, the conservation of targets. It's like if DeAndre Hopkins is there, targets are going to go away. It's just, I mean, that's just plain and simple. So I, I'm certainly for him. I'm, 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 I'm hoping that's not the case. I mean, that's going to be the case. I mean, wherever he goes, though. Not if he goes to the Bucks. Have you seen the Bucks quarterbacks? Have you seen how bad this Trask thing looks? Trask and Mayfield? Dude, but have you looked on Twitter and seen the videos of practice today? No. It's brutal trash, man. These guys can't hit their their wide receivers or tight ends even versus air. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like – I mean, they're going to they're gonna have to draft – like they might be drafting Caleb Williams next year. A, a big year for Rashad White. Yeah, maybe. It's just more, more, more fuel to the fire for me about um, – the Mike Evans stuff we talked about last week, about as much as we love him, this could finally be the year. After we've stuck on the train for the whole time when people say he's going to fall off, he's going to fall off, he's going to fall off, I'm worried that this might be the year that he actually does. What else do you got before I read some more of mine? Chuba Hubbard potentially being a goal line back. I just see I mean the- – and, and Well, a short line, short yardage back. For Carolina, yeah, I was surprised at some of the numbers that I read. Well, I've I, I read that in a blurb somewhere. Like some of his numbers actually in short yardage were actually pretty good last season. So, I mean, I guess I could get it. I just, I, I don't. I mean, think he's he a might. big back. He's over six feet tall. Yeah, Miles Sanders, two hundred ten pounds. My, I mean, Miles Sanders isn't small. He's not. I don't. I never thought of Sanders as a big back though, or as a power back. Sanders is what? Well. What was he, 213, 215 pounds? What was his weight? Here, let me look it up. What was his weight at the combine? I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not a small dude. Miles Sanders' weight. Um, he's 211 pounds, 5'11". 211. So, so basically, basically, he's got a better BMI than, than Chuba Hubbard. He's shorter and he's the same weight. I don't buy it. I don't, I, I don't buy the Chuba Hubbard stuff. Chuba Hubbard's not a guy you're just dying to get on the football field. I look, man. I trust. I, I I trust Joe Person. I think he's one of the best uh, beat writers that uh, that the Panthers have. But that um, that report out of him just seems like speculation. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna chalk up any kind of tuber. Well, what about? Or, so I touched this on my uh, dynasty rankings update. But Travis Etienne, his situation in Jacksonville looks a bit more tenuous. With 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 what? Why? Well, um, the Jaguars not wanting to see Etienne take seventy four percent of the running back carries again. Well, they can't do because they can't do that again with him, right? 
I mean, it makes sense. Like we th- we were saying last year, how can this keep up with this Travis Etienne volume? Right, you but Doug, P- Doug Peterson was praising um, Dearness Johnson, Tank Bigsby, adding them to the to the backfield. I think it's going to be more of a balanced attack, a more of yeah. a committee attack. No, I agree, I, and I think in best ball, that's why. Yeah, well, I mean, in best ball, would you would would you want to take Najee Harris over Travis Etienne? Yes. Like that's a, just a clear, obvious thing for you. What about Jameer Gibbs? It, that it feels like that volume will, will will be similar, and those players to me feel equally dynamic. Yeah, but I think I mean I think we know what we have more in Etienne right now. Yeah, and then I mean the next players after him, it's like there's a drop off after the Najee Harris's of the world because then you get to the Aaron Jones, the Joe Mixons, the aforementioned Miles Sanders. These are the types of players that are sliding now to Aaron Jones is now creeping up in underdog to, you know, late round four. I figure that's going to, you know, we've been trying to kind of stay on that. I've been trying to get as much of I, as I can of that guy in, in round five of these things, but here's the dude, do you, do you know something else trash man? When I just started running simulations using regular ADPs from some of these sites that are, that we don't have any Yahoo ADPs to point yet or ESPN or anything, but some of these smaller sites that are I, – I guess Sleeper is not a smaller site, but Sleeper, RT Sports, Fantrax. Um, uh, these drafts aren't going anything like the underdog drafts. Receivers are going so early and in such mass quantity on underdog. And it might just be because of the nature of these, uh, you know, these tournaments that I buy into to, 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 to test it. Um, the roster construction, that could be what's important, you know. But – I don't think that Aaron Jones is a guy who we've gotten so used to talking about him as like a fifth round pick and, you know, Javante Williams and David Montgomery's eighth round picks and stuff. It's it's not going to be like that when it comes to true redraft season. It's just, yeah. it, 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 it's not going to be like that guys like ETN who, you know, you just mentioned just now who, you know, we're looking at, you know, maybe you get value on him at the beginning of the fourth round. It's like, he's, he's going to be more like a mid third round kind of, kind of pick at least whenever we get into true redraft season. Um, what about JSN? Like, have you seen any of the videos of Jackson Smith and Jigba? Lou's just, I mean, God, God, he looks good. He, he always looks good. I, I'm just, I, I, I had written him off and said, man, Seattle, he's got DK Metcalf, he's got Tyler Lockett, but JSN looks good. Gino looks comfortable throwing it to him. Well, I mean, like, I wasn't worried about JSN looking good. I was worried about his target share. No, I mean, I, I get that. I get that. And it could it, it could still be bad. You know, it could. If he's only a set, you know, if he gets a 17% target share, which is about where you could peg it, it's not, it, it isn't going to be enough for a guy like him who's, who we're going to want to depend on later on in his career in Seattle is a guy that can just generate massive volume and then just do, do a lot with it afterwards. Um, one, one guy was, I did notice um, that the, uh, his pass catching prowess is being put on display is Antonio Gibson for Washington. Yeah, man. I'm, I mean, we, we've talked about it, how Antonio Gibson could be the biggest beneficiary of, of Eric Bieniemy being there. That's what one, Washington Commander sources that's out of practice all the time told us. Well, of him being there and and with um, really no other pass catching back. On and, the and, and, and they with said McKissick, that one, with McKissick being gone. 
They say they want to get Brian Robinson more involved in it. I was just reading earlier at camp earlier today. One to do one thing from Commanders Camp is that they say that so Sam Howell apparently has had an up and down day, um, but they say like his 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 ups are beautiful. They say, but up and down. I saw that you know I saw he did throw a pick and seven on sevens there in the end zone, but it was it was the a deflected ball, so hard to hard to pin that all on him. They were also, man, that like being me stopped practice because of a Brian Robinson fuck up it, with his <laughs> with his with his pre snap motion. So they 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 redid the snap. Robinson got it right. Then they then being me said, "All right, now do it all over again from the from the very beginning and 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 do it right." He was he was tilted with Brian Robinson. Yeah, I, I just like Gibson's. I, there's I feel like there's a lot of value to be had for Gibson. Especially in PPR formats. Do you so? Have I talked to you about this before? About how he feels like he's going? I, I just say it feels like he's going, but let me just look and see exactly where. No. To me, it feels like he's going um, right there around the same time as. Um, yeah, he is. Like Devon A. Chain is going before him. Um, he's going around the same time as Damian Harris, and. You know, just a little bit before, about a round before the Kendra Millers and the Roshan Johnsons of the world. Uh, I, I think that's a little bit of a sweet spot in these drafts to be able to pick up maybe a couple running backs if, if you if you need them late. You can get an Antonio Gibson and a Roshan or a, or a, or a Kendra. One of these. Man, if you could get a chain and Gibson, I think that'd be electric. Yeah. Devin Singletary, not Devin Singletary. Well, I I, I do have a Devin Singletary note. But um, oh, here's my note on it. James James Cook, the uh, the the Bills beat is basically saying that he looks like the RB one over Damian Harris. He's put on weight, looks great catching the football. It's like this How much is what they're to be. I don't know. They just the the report is he put on weight. Are you you buying it at all? And 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 do you like James Cook more than in kind of an enigmatic Alvin Kamara pick right now? I mean, James Cook, it, he's closer to Devin Singletary than Damian Harris. I mean, oh, wow, a fox just came into my backyard. It did? Yeah. Was, was it a red fox or a gray fox? It's a gray fox. Oh, that's cool, man. Keep keep those little dogs out of the way. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, he's on the fence. Um, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> pretty insane. Man, that's cool. Um, James Cook, 190 pounds, have him listed as right now. I mean, if he adds 10 pounds of muscle, he's 5'11", 200 pounds. I mean, what I liked about his video in college is that he could run as a first two down back. He could run as the feature back in an offense. Do you believe he's the RB1 over Damian Harris? I think he is. And if we're just going to be depending on goal line work for Damian Harris, then we have to we have to consider the fact that Josh Allen's a sick goal line back. That's it's like true. People, people will say like, well, he's just going to get work between the twenties, and it's like, well, that's going to be also some pass catching work and some other stuff. Like, I, I think I just I, I'd like to know though, James Cook and Alvin Kamara, it's basically a toss up with their ADPs right now. Do you have a preference? Would you rather take the bird in hand that's a young player on a good football team that is um, that is that's like ready to go and doesn't have any issues floating over his head 
or Alvin Kamara, who now I did see that what Dennis Allen brought in John Gruden this week. John Gruden's there with the Saints right now, helping Derek Carr and Pete Carmichael with the with the install of their 2023 offense and stuff. Um, I think Gruden's a guy who I w- wouldn't mind having around installing an offense if I was looking for a guy like Kamara to get involved in a, in a, in a pass catching role. I mean, it's hard not knowing what's going to happen with. Kamara. I think you have to take James Cook. You have to right take now. James Cook. Yeah, I think so too. But it's a it's a it's a tough decision to make there. Uh, whenever that kind of comes up, which is the ADP, they both have an ADP. Was it ninety five and ninety nine? And then so, you take Cook, and then you and you you get Miller a little bit later in hopes that you get a piece of that offense. Yeah, man. Yeah, I get that. Um, one other thing. Like yeah, this is just the uh, just a, just a couple notes from. Do you have anything else? Like I said, a couple notes from Texas camp. I mean, this is for me. It's um, it's the you know just watch doing on some of the live streams that they had up. They were doing the running back drills. Damian Pierce is still the lead run. Like he's the first up in all the running back drills. It's pretty clear who the lead dog is. He's the big pit bull there. But yeah. Devin Singletary is 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 second one up. From the little that I've seen, C.J. Stroud looks. Ju- so much better than Davis Mills throwing the football. It's like, I mean, it's like, it really, you know, I, like, I don't can, feel as bad as dropping him in that league now. He can, he We're can drop him in that league. Yeah. He can, dude, he can drive it to the, he can drive it on the, on the, on the, on the you know, the, on the deep out routes. He's got that placement. It's just versus air right now, but it's like, he looks, he, he, he looks a lot better than, than the rest of these guys. So, I think CJ Stroud, I know that he, you know, started out, they were giving him some second team work and stuff like that. It was this time what they were doing is they were doing it where they have both the quarterbacks, one on each side, throwing the different routes to the different sides of the field. And they had Mills and Stroud both, both out there. I think the worry about Stroud is not that he can't throw, throw the kind of balls that he needs to. It's that it's his um, composure under pressure, in my opinion. So one of the, the key reason I'm so interested in Stroud is because if you are playing these underdog tournaments and you get in trouble with your second quarterback, he's a guy you can always, always, always get, you know, super, super late in these deals. I mean, CJ Stroud is going right now. Um, at pick one, 190. That's ba- he's basically available with one of your last picks in the draft. And there are other guys who are going to be available with one of your last picks in the draft, like Tank Dell. Like John Mechie, like and Mechie, by the way, not back at practice um, just yet. We talked about that before the hamstring. He's still missing uh, practice with that, but still, I mean, I, I feel like you got to do those drafts now, then, because I feel like Stroud won't stay that low. Yeah, but it's so it's it, but it's so easy to not only get that second quarterback, but just to build that second quarterback stack. It's that 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 move is actually built into the best ball cheat sheet. To where if you get in trouble at quarterback, you're gonna you're gonna get Stroud and you're gonna and you're, and you're gonna get Tank Dell and you're gonna have a chance at chance at Mechie. Just to have that backdoor stack there with your second quarterback. Sometimes even if you want to like a third quarterback, you can add a third quarterback in these. You can do a three quarterback build. I feel like as long as that third quarterback is a stacked quarterback to give you some extra options in case you know you get to the you know you get through these crazy playoff you know scenarios and these giant best ball tournaments. And have some kind of off the wall stack there at the very end. That if it goes off, you know, 
who knows what could happen. And you know that the Texans, when you get to week 17, are, you know, then they're, they're, they're not going to be playing for much. And even, even if a guy like Tank Dale doesn't come on during the course of the season, that yeah. could be a week where he goes off where they're saying, like, let's just see what we have in these guys for, for next year. What week was it last season that I started doing those best ball drafts? What week in the year? Whenever you started doing the live streams, yeah, I think we started doing those in kind of right after the NFL draft. Okay, right, right after we, right after we did the deal with Underdog. So, um, yeah, but now's a good time to be doing it. So uh, that's kind of those are some of the notes that I, that I've taken. Of course, you know you can keep following us on Twitter at Roster Watch. We'll be retweeting out stuff that we see and. Um, keeping you up to date. Trashman, I'll be back Friday with another podcast. We're going to move to a Monday, Wednesday schedule moving forward here in the summer. Trashman, do you have anything else you want to get to be, before we get out of here? Well, it was just interesting. We've been looking at, you know, Hopkins maybe going to the Chiefs and the Chiefs actually considering Tony as being potentially a number one or, or having the caliber of a number one receiver. All he's got to do is stay healthy. Yeah. All you got to do is stay healthy, and he's got to do, and he's got to quit. Look, look, look. Here's the here's the plan for Kadarius Tony. All right, stay stay healthy, and stay off just stay off the golf carts. <laughs>